Hello, hi everybody. It's Rob Case and Trevor Koppel, and we're back for another uh, another edition of football in general. Trevor, what is going on, man? Ah, crazy week. Lots to get into. Um, a lot of things happened this week. Uh, I think we should start with one of the one of the crazier stories, and that's the the new COVID rule on rescheduling games. Right, right. So uh, if anybody was hiding under a rock this week and didn't hear about, uh, or has been for the last year and a half, you must have heard about COVID at least once, right? Um, it's one of our favorite <laughs> favorite things to talk about in any form of media, whether it be on CNN, the news, Fox News, or any other news outlets, or even football in general, right? The Football Authority COVID podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess. Uh, anyway, um, so and. Once again, if you're a football fan, you probably heard about this, or maybe you don't know much about it, but just to give you guys the insights, what we do. Um, the NFL um, this week came out with a, I don't know if you want to call it mandate or some sort of memo. Um, it's pretty much what both of them are. But basically, in a nutshell, if you don't get vaccinated and um, you cause your team to um, have a, a some sort of spread or outbreak, um, yeah, they're going to cancel that game, and you're going to forfeit and you're going to have to pay the money that uh, I, the, the team you're playing is going to lose in revenue, whether it be commercial, TV, um, uh, player salaries, whatever. It's all going to be paid out of your pocket. You're the owner, the staff, and everything else. Um, so kind of a big deal considering what we saw last year was like, I mean, yes, they played a whole season. At, at points, it was a complete train wreck. Um However, they did what they could, so I don't think anybody was arguing. And I would rather have football than not. Granted, you know they were having wide receivers play quarterback at one point, <laughs> but <laughs> it was what it was. Uh, yeah, what are you gonna do? I think even Nick Saban in the uh, uh, in college ranks uh, coached from his home like two or three times, so it it just happens. What did you think about this news, Trev? Uh, I think uh, it's it's a big development. Um, the simple solution would be to get all these guys vaccinated and then it becomes a non-rule. But um, taking, a, taking a loss in the playoff hunt because a game will not be rescheduled because, uh, because you know one team gets an outbreak and they're not vaccinated, that's, that's a huge deal for a lot of these teams. Um, whereas I guess you know if they're all vaccinated, then you, it's, that's not too much of a better situation you'd still rather have the game rescheduled than go out and play with a skeleton crew um so it's uh it's a pretty big development yeah and needless to say neither of us will be getting a call if they need people to come play (laughs) no scabs (laughs) no scabs so um so other points of this the nfl says nearly all 32 teams have a vaccination rate of nearly 100% among Tier 1 and Tier 2 staff. So I assume that means like general managers, coaches, things of that nature. <clears throat> the league says... Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. So the league says that nearly 75% of players are in process of being vaccinated. And more than half of the teams in the NFL have a player vaccination rates over 80. So um, if you follow American sports right now, NBA, MLB, all the other sort of facets of sports society here... Um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty common that they're over 75 or close to 75. So, um, I'd be, <laughs> and it, you know, the ones that aren't vaccinated, it's pretty obvious. I mean, they come out on Twitter and sort of, um, praise or don't praise the, uh, the news here. It's pretty significant. Once again, um, there is significant difference in the process. If a person if a vaccinated person tests positive versus an unvaccinated person, if a vaccinated person tests positive and is asymptomatic, they will be permitted to return after two negative tests and at least 24 hours apart. And those who are vaccinated will not be forced to quarantine after close contact with somebody who tests positive. So pretty interesting, pretty interesting development. Um, yeah, if you cause an outbreak and you're unvaccinated, uh, you're <laughs> basically going to be the what you would consider a pariah in the, in the locker room. Uh, I, this has major implications, major you know oh absolutely big big implications and oh, you know one of my first thoughts is that you know teams are going to just they got to do what they have to do to get these guys to take the vaccine um it's just the best solution to to this issue uh as an organization so get get their players vaccinated and uh and it you just 
coming at the situation from a much better position. Right, right. You know, and honestly, and just in my opinion, and of course, that's what we do on podcasts, we share opinions. And, um, you know, I think that, I mean, I just like, you know, <laughs> thinking about what the, the NFL has done over the years in terms of being late on a lot of things or not doing things correctly or saying the wrong things at the wrong time or just looking like a complete bozo league in general. Um, you know, even though I love football, it's what they are. Uh, this is, uh, I kind of, I, I like what the NFL is doing here because it's like, you know, you can't take a risk, and especially in society right now, of looking like a league that doesn't have its, you know, you know what together, right? So, right. And, and not only that, but like, um, you know, it, it falls on the players, right? It gives, it gives them freedom one way or the other. And it's still, they can still maintain autonomy if they don't want the vaccine or if they do want it. Um, you know, there's nothing, I guess in some sense, there's really nothing wrong with either of them. Uh, you know, it's your opinion whether you want it or not, but it's, you know, your, your actions will have consequences potentially, I guess. Uh, I, I think if there's one thing to me, that's obvious that the league could have done better with this situation would have been to make these changes before the opt out deadline. And then Mm -hmm. nobody has any excuses. Like, listen, we, we need our players vaccinated, and if you just can't do it, you know, here's your chance to not play this year. Right. Yeah, you're saying there's not an opt-out deadline, or there was one this year? So we, I think we crossed the opt-out deadline. That was the big news with Aaron Rodgers is he uh, didn't opt out in time. I see. For it to take, In fact, no player did. No player took the COVID opt-out. But that was uh, a week or so back now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, you know, new news here. So, um, you know, that, and that's a good point too. Like, it, I mean, yes, it would have been nice. I think, you know, coming down to it, I, maybe they just didn't had done all the math there, the things that had been collected in terms of percentages of players and whatnot. And they're like, Ooh, man, uh, well, we, we, we got to make sure we, we make a stiff, um, rule on this one. Cause honestly, I mean, to not have a game be played because of COVID in 2021, and almost two years into this pandemic, I mean, come on, <laughs> you know, like really, come on. I, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, once again, it's your option getting a vaccine or not. It's my opinion that if you're causing people to lose money or games not to be played or fans not to be able to show up to watch a game, get, get the, you know, get the F out of my face. Seriously. <laughs> it's, you know, it's just, it's sort of selfish. Um, whether you have your own rules or uh, beliefs or whatnot is up to you. Um, I just I I'm, I'm an outspoken person, and uh, I just believe that you know that there's a greater good here. We all need to think about. It. We live in a democracy. We all help each other, and this is kind of um, the new way this this your life's going to go in America and around the world. You know, it just it is what it is. So, any other thoughts about this before I get into another part about it? Um, just just that it's one more thing that's going to make uh, you know the 2021 season interesting because uh, it'll be something to keep an eye out for and uh, you just kind of you know it's going to happen at some point and it'll it'll have big impacts right. on the entire uh, playoff race so correct yes the playoffs they might be uh, might be impacted uh, severely man well we'll see you know um, so what did you think about going back to this news and I hate sorry I know COVID's uh, <laughs> nobody wants to hear about it anymore but because this is pretty important. Rick Dennison, uh, Vikings assistant coach. I know, I know, Trevor, you're close to the, the organization up there in Minnesota. What, <laughs> so, what did you think about um, it's, uh, him refusing the vaccine and therefore losing his job? Because Tier 1 staff has to get the vaccine. What did you think about that? I mean, like you said, he's free to make this decision. And uh, I think it was a very clear-cut situation. And, and uh, he's chosen to not get the vaccine he's not going to coach this year um he's it's not like he can go coach for some other team without the vaccine um so it it's a little bit of a head scratcher i i don't i don't think i've read anything about his side of the of the story but uh as a vikings fan it's uh it's a little reminiscent of uh three years ago almost to the day that uh our offensive line coach tony soprano passed away uh from uh, heart disease so it's it's just uh, you know that that was much more tragic because we're talking about somebody passing away, but 
in in terms of what it means for your football team to to try and replace an offensive line coach a couple weeks before preseason game starts, um, it can really uh, affect the way your entire offense uh, uh, prepares going into the season. So uh, not not great news for the Vikings. Yeah, yeah, it, it, you know, and the thing is too with him, with Rick Dennis, I mean, twenty seven years as a veteran in NFL coaching, um, really turn around that team in terms of offensive production, specifically in the running game. I mean, Dalvin Cook was uh, anything short but spectacular. I think he was like an MVP candidate even most of the the year last year. Um, and so, without him being there, I I think that's kind of concern. And he was really kind of being a mentor for Gary Kubiak's son, right? Um, right. Who now is sort of uh, tasked with taking over probably earlier earlier than he anticipated, and that's uh, that. I, I I don't I don't know. I think they'll have some pretty significant implications on their offense. You know, uh, I do too. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a big deal. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows uh, how they're going to acclimate? Uh, who's going to take what position? I think it says here. Let's see. Vikings are promoting assistant offensive line coach Phil Rauscher to fill Dennison's position and adding former Auburn assistant coach Ben Steele to take Rauscher's position. So, um, next man up. <laughs> that's all. Yeah. That's that's all that means. So, um, you know, it's it's unfortunate. Uh, you know, but he can you know, sit out for a year or two and wait for this to blow over, and um, or maybe just retire. I'm sure he's doing okay financially. You know, so you know. well, like you said, twenty twenty seven year career. Yeah. Um, it it might just be that he's decided to walk away from it all, mm-hmm. which uh, again is just a little disappointing if you were an excited Vikings fan. Right. Right. Um, there are reports that say the discussions are ongoing. For him to come in and get the vaccine, I, I mean, and this is kind of where we're at now. I mean, we're going to be negotiating like a player contract, you know. Uh, what what can we do to get oh, you the vaccine? Yeah. You know, can we give you another million dollars? <laughs> give you the the COVID vaccine bonus. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right, right. You know, <laughs> you know. Can uh, let's let's can we fly it to Antigua once a year? You know, I, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting, but um, you know, it's hard to change somebody's mindset and beliefs. And uh, once again, to each to each their own. So. Um, and I assume we'll be seeing a sort of a um, trickle down effect. There's only been two: just Rick Dennison, Cole Popovich for the Patriots. Of course, both are teams, right? So um, you know, it happens. Uh, I mean, it's just naturally that's how the universe works. They're smiting us for having a podcast about football. So, um, <laughs> um, what did you think? Or moving on to the old uh, Aaron Rodgers. He's just a gift that keeps on giving. You know, he's just. John Lee, if we we didn't have Aaron Rodgers, I don't know where we would be in this this world in this podcast. <laughs> so, thank you, thank you, Aaron Rodgers. If you're listening, I mean, you're just you're a wonderful human being. Your drama has fulfilled my heart and uh, continues to to make content for the airwaves. So, I'm okay with it. Um, what did you, what did you think about Aaron Rodgers uh, coming? Well, he didn't come out and say anything, but the news that came out and said that. Uh, the sport book, the sports books in Vegas predict that he will most likely retire by Wednesday. I mean, it's it's pretty interesting, um, and you know, it's it's always uh, a fun surprise to see where our Aaron Rodgers news is going to come from week to week. Uh, you know, the the Vegas odds are something you want to rely on pretty pretty well, especially if you are, uh, you know. A gambler, but the uh, you know, do do you remember what the odds were? Um, well, I mean, that's 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 a good that's a good question. It just says um, they're bracing for it. So I think what that means is they pulled the odds for any any of the games involving the Packers until they can figure oh, it I out. See. I so see. It, so if that's the case, um, yeah, it says po- uh, points bet sportsbook. Tells PFT that's Pro Football Talk. That's where we get a lot of our information. You know, shout out to PFT um, that the Green Bay Packer over under win total, which points bet had reinstalled earlier this month at nine, was removed midday Friday. So um, it just means uh, that the speculation that he will be retiring because they're adjusting those points, the the, the wins, the totals, and the spreads, and everything else for the games. So yeah, that's uh, that's not good if you're a Packers fan. Um, I think it's still going to be 
a little early to call. I mean, I I just personally will be baffled if he chooses to retire. Um, it, it's something that doesn't make sense to me, and it's certainly not good not good for the Packers. And like I've said before on this podcast, not good for the league to have somebody like Aaron Rodgers uh, leave before he, before he's finished. Um, so that would be, uh, you know, that's great news for other fans, fans of other teams in the NFC North. Uh, but uh, I really don't expect it. I think something, the, the you know, the drama has been building and building and building and and it's gonna breach you know reach a, a a breaking point and I think we'll see him play for the Packers at this point I still think that the safe money is he he's gonna come to some sort of agreement uh, and and play for the Packers because it's looking like he's not gonna play for anybody else so he, he could play for Jeopardy yeah I, yeah the Jeopardy he could, fo- he could, NFL team <laughs> he could uh, host the thir- Jeopardy the thirty third team uh, right. I know, I, I know, we're expecting big, a big career for him after football, but um, I still think he's going to play for the Packers this year. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't have any speculation really, and, and to be honest with you, Vegas is probably as on point as anybody can be in predicting these things. And they're so good, you know, great with the spreads. They have a reputation with being close to a lot of inside people in the NFL, whatever that means. Um, jock sniffers whoever else is lying underneath the bench this year <laughs> so um uh, you know with aaron Rodgers, it's like ah, man how much more can we take of this guy you know like <laughs> <laughs> is it not fair to say that like at what point like does your reputation just completely turn you know like green uh well uh, for pun intended i guess um <laughs> you, know, you know, it's because it's like, okay, so if you got to walk back into a, a locker room and you got to go face all your teammates, brothers, whatever you want to call them, like, and you've been out and you've been having a media circus and just being like what appears to be a baby the whole time, what would make anybody want to play for a guy like that? You know? Um, and maybe they have a lot of respect for him. I'm sure they do, but is it is it fair to say that resentment... Ought, most of the time lies in the what you've done for me lately sort of deal. Well, and I mean, I think you're absolutely right uh, when it comes to uh, right. the effect it's going to have on his teammates. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, because I've 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 said it in earlier episodes. I think at this point, the longer it takes for the situation to be resolved, the worse it is for everyone involved. Right. You know, if if Rogers was going to play for another team then the best thing for them and the Packers is for that knowledge to come out so that, that everybody involved can begin moving on. And if not, if Rodgers is going to play for the Packers, then they need to figure this out as soon as they can so that they can get back to trying to win football games by preparing going into the season, uh, you know, getting him reps with the, with the offense. And, and it's just, it's lose, lose right now. And, uh, the you know, looking at the league as a whole, the worst case scenario is that Aaron Rodgers doesn't play football this year. Um, and I don't know. I'll walk that back as a Vikings fan. Uh, that's the best thing that could happen. Um, <laughs> but uh, but you know this this needs to end. It's been great helping us fill this uh, this dead zone in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, going all the way back to the draft and and you know now preseason you know the 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 hall of fame game is less than two weeks away it's the friday at, or sorry the thursday after this one um so it's it's time we need to figure out the situation put it to bed everybody get get moving on oh no 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 i i, I disagree i think we get this this situation more coffee <laughs> you just gotta you just you gotta think, f- what how many how many preseason games before we before we have an answer <laughs> oh i don't know man but it, the more the better i mean we're, we're you just pour the pour the gasoline on this fire you know <laughs> we got to keep it going buddy you know you can find any pieces of furniture out there you need to throw in there we just we need more controversy um but in all seriousness <laughs> uh you know i'm just being um sort of uh you know a selfish podcast host here um it's it's just insufferable, and you know if you really care about football, um, and especially if you're a Packers fan, you're just gonna find this just 
very petty and uh at this point you just you leave or you don't okay and it's the same thing with Devontae adams okay you broke off your contract talks you're probably not going to play aaron Rodgers, your boy you guys are posting stuff all over social media like last dance stuff like you guys are both you know michael jordan and scotty pippen i mean get the f out of here with that <laughs> what the like you you know like where when has anybody ever compared Aaron Rodgers and Michael Jordan in the same sentence is beyond me and they're you know posting just the the most like fortuitous just oh god it's disgusting to me I I can't I just can't do it I I never I never thought he was Michael Jordan doesn't take anything you know he doesn't have the competitive nature doesn't have the drive and granted it's two different sports I don't know bro I can't. I just said bro over the, the air. I'm sorry. That's that's how worked up I am right now. I can't, <laughs> uh, I just can't with this guy anymore. And I can't with Devontae Adams. Get, just show up, for God's sakes. Or don't. Or just go to Jeopardy, you know? Or go to Family Feud. I, I don't care anymore. <laughs> you know, go on the local uh, public access station in Green Bay and host a show. I, you know, it's... Golly. Anyway, I'm sorry. I had to get that out. Um uh let's uh let's move on to the guy who is the goat uh tom brady what did you think about these super bowl rings they got last uh two nights ago so oh, goodness i i oh, saw the goodness. super bowl rings if if our listeners haven't seen the super bowl rings you, you gotta go check these out um you know the the super bowl rings are always really cool but uh these ones are uh a little bit historic you know the the tampa bay buccaneers are the first team to win the Super Bowl at home and their ring is the first Super Bowl ring that opens the top comes off and underneath is the stadium the home the home field um, with with some other engravings but uh, pretty pretty slick stuff I think they're pretty awesome yeah uh, I've said this to off the air but I mean these these rings look like a chandelier on your hand <laughs> oh yeah they're huge <laughs> my goodness <laughs> I mean, huge, right? Right. Add a, add a six finger, you know. Um, I mean, and and so quote Brady, they're not so much rings; they're more like trophies that you wear on your finger. Uh, Brady said in a video posted by the Buccaneers, "This is by far the most incredible ring that's ever been made." Trevor, how is that not some sort of direct shot at the crafts or, or the patriotization? Oh, it, it is. It yeah. is, and I love it. <laughs> I think it's I think it's great. Right. Look at this. You could have had another one. Yeah. I got another one. Yeah. Right. Three of your rings are the size of my one, and it's gold. Like take that. And you know how much the crafts love. They cherish that. I mean, and who wouldn't the the Super Bowl wins? And but really, just blinging out those rings as much as they can. And the owners in general. I mean, this is a a Johnson swinging contest that I've ever seen. One. You know, who can get the biggest ring and pimp it out every single year. <laughs> um, it's, <laughs> it's it's pretty out of control right now right, right. Um, uh, and uh yeah the the photo with uh, all seven rings on is just uh just a little crazy um 300 we didn't have to hope we didn't have to pose for that picture for very long it looks pretty heavy <laughs> <laughs> right a carpal tunnel was setting in certainly afterwards yeah. um the ring has 319 diamonds reflecting the 31 to 9 score of super bowl 55 uh yeah uh, I mean, I don't even know what it's worth, but it's it's big as crap, I and mean, it's it's massive. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it's I, I yeah, it's it's impressive. Uh, nobody will ever pawn that ring. Let's just put it like that. No, I, I God forbid if it does happen, uh, the equipment manager falls on hard times, you know. So, <laughs> um, something else Tom Brady came out and said this week. I just want to touch base on real quick. Um, he had an interview with Jim Gray uh, and said, and I, I won't be a long discussion because, you know, it's, it's not making this a Patriots podcast. I swear that'll be on another day for another time. I will have one of those eventually. Don't you worry. Nobody will listen to it. I'll be there talking to myself. Um, <laughs> there's uh, so so Brady in it in a in a answer to um, one of Jim Gray's questions about his competitive juices and um Sort of what happened in the offseason when he wasn't signed by the Patriots or any other team other than the Buccaneers. Um, everyone has a choice to choose. I think what you realize, sorry, this is Tom Brady. I think what you realize is that there's not as many smart people as you think. That's just a reality. I think it'd be a no-brainer if you said, hey, you've got a chance to get Wayne Gretzky on your team. 
or got or got a chance to have Michael Jordan on your team. Oh, we don't need him. No thanks. We're good. In my mind, I'm kind of thinking, okay, let me go show those teams what they're missing. At the same time, let me go prove to the team that did bet on me and the team that really showed they really wanted me and committed to me that I'm not going to let them down. <laughs> this guy, man. <laughs> uh, he, you know, he, he just he can turn anything into motivation. You know, he's just he's, well, he's incredible. So, I mean, I, I love it because, you know, he's already walked the walk. Why not talk some of the talk? He, he right. you know, he's he's Super Bowl champion. Uh, first year with a new team and just, you know, dominated. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, just won another championship. New city, no problem, right? New coach. No, right. No, 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 no. <laughs> but the, the irony is that for a guy who, you know, would praise about being humble and sort of mo- most of the time would have a lot of humility in a lot of his interviews, at this at his age, man, he just doesn't care anymore. He knows he's the best. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he knows he's the best, and he's just going to shove it down your throat. You know? Uh, well, I mean, I'm looking at the photo right now with all seven rings on. He's holding them up in front of his face. And it's like, yeah, he can say whatever he wants. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You know, he could, uh, like, brass knuckles at this point, you know? It's right. just unbelievable. Um you know, always taking things personally. And I think that's why, you know, this is a hot take. I, you know, and once again, you can't really compare. I don't think you can compare Gretzky, MJ, and Brady uh, uh, reasonably because of the eras they played in the sports. And, and But, you know, you got to understand he's playing the, the most important position in sports. Um, oh, yeah. And he's the best at it. And he's won seven championships. And he's 45 years old. And he's still playing. Um, right. Jesus. Right. So, like, uh, is, it would, is it fair to say that he is the greatest athlete to ever play any sport? Well, I mean, from a certain perspective, absolutely. It, so, I, I know that the word athlete means different things to different people. Um, so, you know, some people might argue for, I don't know, an Olympic heavyweight wrestler to be the best athlete. Um, you know, I, I've got some bonehead friends that would argue for the uh, CrossFit Games champion is the best athlete. Uh, but when it comes to what he's accomplished, uh, it's it's really hard to argue with that statement. All right. Yes, yes, it is, and um, it's just funny how he went from being so humble to being where he is now and you could argue Jordan sort of had the same feeling you know I think you just get to a certain point where like you know that you've made you know you just you just develop such a confidence in yourself and um, nobody's going to bring you down you know and it's worth bragging about you know it's worth being the best and then there's what I'll call the uh, Florida effect. You know, what I mean, he's he's been down in Florida for a year now, and uh, it changes a person. <laughs> you go down to Florida, you start wrestling gators. <laughs> you know, yeah. start throwing Super Bowl trophies off of, off of boats. You know, you start drinking <laughs> avocado tequila. You know, <laughs> it's something in humidity it expands your brain. I don't really know. You know. Oh God, that's very true. I forgot about Florida. The, 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 he is now a Florida man, as they say. Quote unquote. That's right. Um, Florida man. The Florida man. Florida man. Tom Brady. That's right. <laughs> yeah, he's in, you know he's in the news doing crazy stuff. He's firing AR twenty ones and you know driving boats over lands and stuff. Uh, yeah. So um, going from the greatest of all time to a really unfortunate situation, um, and this will kind of parlay into our next discussion. Uh, Cam Akers, um, one guy we I think we both were excited to talk about today when it comes to previewing the running backs earlier this week tore his Achilles. Uh, what kind of impact do you think this is going to have on LA? Uh, you know, it's I, I think it has you know big impacts on fantasy, uh, but uh, in terms of its impact on LA, I'm not so sure that it's, it's as bad as, as some people might think. Um, 
you know they they've got Daryl uh, Daryl Henderson, and they've got Matthew Stafford. And uh, if anybody can overcome this, it's it's a guy who who never in like twelve years had a running back go for more than eight hundred yards. Um, hmm. So uh, I think uh, it's a challenge that Matthew Stafford and his offense are going to be uh, up to the task. Hmm. Yeah, it's a good point. I didn't think about the he's never really had a feature back to begin with. So, mm-hmm. but they had a kind of a stable of guys, and if anything, um, yeah, Daryl Henderson. This is going to put him on a higher pedestal. Be drafted earlier, I think, probably maybe in like a third or fourth round capacity. Um, Could be. Yeah, yeah, he'll be a feature back, and he his schedule definitely um, definitely lends it to be the the case that he'll be higher higher drafted considering the teams he's going against. We'll get that in a bit. Um, does it open up a door for like a Todd Gurley reunion? Uh, so that's what's interesting now is yes. the speculation on who they might go out and grab um, because Todd Gurley is available. Um, the other one getting rumblings and, and uh, a player that I like is uh, Adrian Peterson uh, is uh, on the free market. So uh, that's definitely a possibility. I think you could get either of these guys at a good price because um, uh, it is a what have you done for me lately league. Um, what do you what What would you uh, choose between these two, Adrian Peterson or Todd Gurley? Hmm. Well, it's like you already know what you have in Todd Gurley, right? And Sean McVay, I don't feel like we go back to him. You know what I mean? Um, I see what you mean. I just yeah. you know it's like he's got a bad knee. First off, um, really is a really good goal line running back can catch the ball, uh, but like. You know, and granted, he's going to play out of, you going to split snaps between three guys, but I don't think he wants that. And there's no, I, I could see it being a good fit because he's already been in the offense and everything. And I could be wrong. Maybe they'll sign him tomorrow. I, I don't know. I just don't see it coming back around. Um, I would love that Adrian Peters thing, man. He would look so badass in those uniforms. <laughs> like, no, yeah, the, the Rams <laughs> yeah. Peterson jersey would be a, a hot ticket. Yes. Um, Peterson, the question there is, you know, because Peterson has has put together some good seasons as a, uh, you know, as as not an every down back like he used to get it done, and uh, has been relatively safe from major injuries for a few years now, mm-hmm. uh, which you know begs the question: Is he due a major injury, or have they figured out how to, uh, you know, keep him healthy by by not having the central role that he played in Minnesota? Um, so I, I, I like both prospects because I think they both have something left to contribute in a, in a well-balanced offense where they're not, you know, you know, carrying the team like they've both done in the past. Uh, so, uh, this will be interesting to see if they snatch up one of these guys. Yeah. And, and to be honest, I think the, um, the offense that LA runs, I, I don't think they really need like this, like top flight ends running back. I just think that the way Sean McVay runs his offense in his own running scheme, like they can open up holes with the the way they block, you know. Um, right. Yeah. So I, yeah, I could see them. You know, I I I could see it being a good once again a sort of a logical fit, but I yeah probably not gonna happen. <laughs> you know, I I don't have any like inside knowledge or what have you, but I just I just I just don't see. He's a free agent still for a reason. I mean, you gotta remember that and. Um, nobody knows how his, what kind of condition his knee is, but you know, Adrian Peterson has proven to be a, a workhorse in the past and still be healthy. 36 years old, 36 yeah. years old, you know, um, Frank Gore is still out there too, right? It's Frank Gore. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. There's uh, Rob Caves. Uh, <laughs> I've been coming <laughs> a guy that could use some money. Uh, <laughs> You know, um, you know Deontay Foreman. Uh, he was that uh, he was on Houston. He was a Tennessee, uh, it, what University of Texas running back, and I think he was really good towards Achilles. Um, yeah, I, I mean, looking through the list, I mean, Duke Johnson, DeAndre Washington, Le- Le'Veon Bell. You know, uh, Deion mm-hmm. Lewis. You know, there's Wendell Smallwood. Uh, let's see here, uh, Lashawn McCoy. Sean McCoy saw it there, right? That's that's an interesting. It's a very one. different style back, right? Um, yeah, 
Yeah, Chris Thompson, um, really good receiving back. I mean, he would be a good fit. Um, Alfred Morris, my goodness. There's like a 2014 Madden NFL All-Star team right here, <laughs> just in running backs. <laughs> TJ Yeldon, Devontae Freeman, uh, DJ Foster, Edo Smith. You know, so like there's going to be a lot of options. Um, I just feel like Todd Gurley is going to be one of those guys where – you know, there's gonna be an injury to for, to another team, and he'll get like a he'll get a look, um, but I don't think he'll be more than that. I think he's lost a lot of explosiveness over the last couple of years, which is gonna be really required out of him in that offense. You know, so right. Um, anywho, um, so guys, we're gonna we're gonna f- turn our focus to the the fantasy running backs. This will probably be a two parter because there's so many, and as you know in fantasy, I mean, you'll take one, you'll take six, you'll take five, you'll take four. You can play them at the flex. You got. Two or three running back positions. You're gonna have two or three on the bench. So really, there's so much meat on the bone to get through here, um, and there's actually a lot to talk about in terms of people coming back and playing again. Uh, Trevor, what do you have? What what's your what's your uh, tell me what your look is on the on the 2021 running back rankings? What do you think of who's who's number one? Who's five? Who's twenty? And uh, <laughs> <laughs> could they run faster than Rich Eisen? yeah just just a little um so uh you know the the top of the list you know in in terms of uh who you're gonna put number one or who you're gonna put number three is easy to debate but there is somewhat of a clear-cut top three um my my number one uh personally i think it's gonna be derrick henry's year I put him at number one, but, uh, you know, 1A and 1B is going to be Dalvin Cook and Christian McCaffrey. Hmm. Uh, I think that those guys, they, you know, as long as they can stay healthy, uh, try not to jinx too many people in our podcast here, but... uh, (laughs) did that last year, fortunately. uh, Exactly. Uh, These guys, uh, they're going to get a lot of volume on the teams that they play for, uh, they're capable of explosive big plays, uh, you know, tough to get down in the open field. And, uh, yeah, I think, uh, think that they're all pretty safe, uh, you know, first round picks. Do you, so let me ask you this. So what about Derrick Henry's workload? Do you feel like there's going to be some sort of drop off? I mean, considering a, we're looking at a 17 game schedule I mean, the guy ran for 2000 yards last year. And other than trying to, uh, uh, Barry Sanders, maybe. I mean, there's not actually even him because he ran for 2,000 yards and came and dropped off the following year. The 2,000 yard runners that year typically hasn't uh, lended too much success the following year, either because of I, I don't know workloads, just break down your body, no, I, among other things. I I think that that's worth considering, but I really do think that Derrick Henry is that much of a beast. I think he's ready to do it again this year. Mm. Um, uh, I think you know keeping him healthy. Um, there's they're certainly gonna manage his workload, but uh, you know the Titans want to take that next step. And right now, you know Derrick Henry is a pretty good answer to almost any situation. Um, you're trying to control the game with a lead. Derrick Henry can do that to you right up until it's over. Uh, trying to get yourself back in a game by slowing it down. Uh, again, Derrick Henry is going to get a ton of volume, ton of yards. Any impact on his last game against the Ravens? Eighteen carries for forty yards. Yeah, I'm trying to think back to that one now. That uh, the wild card was game that was, that was yeah, yeah, yeah. So they didn't have as good a time last year as the year before in the playoffs. Uh, but uh, I think that they're looking to change that this year. Um, I wouldn't read too much into that last performance. But I guess what I'm asking is, is there a blueprint to stopping him? And is that it? You know, ha- having a physical defense, um, putting guys in the box, making Tannehill throw in a basically a cover two. You know, like a, the safeties over the top with zone coverage in, in the middle. Um, you know, it's going to change with Julio Jones. But I'm just curious: is that something to kind of keep in mind in terms of a blueprint, so to speak? I. I think that that's a great way for teams to to address, you know, stopping Derrick Henry. 
but I don't think it's going to work. Um, a lot of the time, I mean, there will be times when it works. It worked for the Ravens, right? But uh, Derrick Henry is one of those guys. He's going to get his carries, and by the time you know you get to the third quarter, and that defense is going to just be tired of tackling him. Um, and then, of course, you know, like you said, Julio Jones is there to help stretch the field and uh, force a man out of the box. Right. So I think uh, I think Derrick Henry's in line for a huge season. Huge season for a big guy. Okay. Um, Christian McCaffrey. Um, boy, we didn't hear a lot of him last year. <laughs> Poor guy. Um, no, no. Um, yeah. But uh, I think with, uh, with uh, uh, Sam Darnold, uh, we got a real different look to this offense. And uh, whatever the strategy is, Christian McCaffrey, we know we, he, can, he can do it all, whether they're going to be – uh, running a lot between the tackles around the end or or having him catch the ball um, he is the success of that offense so now he's 25 so um real young had his first injury season I think he had like a high ankle sprain and um, those ankles I mean you know it's worse than breaking your ankle you know because it's just constantly being uh, re-aggravated stretched out hyperextended and everything else. Um, and in fact, they say it's better to just go get surgery for something to help it sort of heal. I'm not sure what they do to put in stints or what have you. Um, you know, I'm looking at his workload. We're talking 25 year old guy, but, uh, 1100 touches in four seasons. You know, I think maybe, do you think maybe it might've caught up with him last year in terms of, uh, a, he had to be a bigger role because of Teddy Bridgewater and just not having all the weapons and you know, Cam Newton and all that sort of dynamic that offense. Um, you know, is there some sort of argument here that, you know, he may benefit from Sam Darnold, but at the same time, there could be sort of a, um, you know, uh, a, a effect knowing that, you know, he's not the best quarterback of all time. Well, so the way I see it is uh, last year with the way things played out for that offense, uh, it got way too easy for defenses to just key on Christian McCaffrey because that was all that there was to worry about. Right. Um, I think I think that changes this year, and uh, I don't think Christian McCaffrey has lost a step at all. Mm. And uh, I think that there are going to be more opportunities this year than last year to do what really makes him dangerous, which is to get him the ball in space, where he just is really difficult to take down. Uh, I see a lot of a lot of short passes and passes out of the backfield just uh, that go for lots of yards after the catch. So uh, I, I think Christian McCaffrey is a lock. If you had number one overall pick in your draft, would you take Christian McCaffrey? No, no. Oh. I think I'd take Derrick Henry. Okay. Uh, it, yeah. There it is. There's the hot take. <laughs> wait, no, wait. I, honestly, I think I think I, I if I rank them, I'm going Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey. Okay, so Dalvin uh, Cook is a two overall pick, or he just would be somebody you take uh, before uh, uh, McCaffrey. Yeah, it could be either one. Okay, um, but I definitely take him before Christian McCaffrey. Okay, I like that. Good takes, man. All right, let's, let's talk about Dalvin Cook, uh, a guy who's never played full season. Four games, 11, 14, 14. Although his um, his productions, you know, increase every single year when he's been in the league. Um, had a real stellar year last year, was uh, an MVP candidate. Um, are we asking for a lot to get 17 games out of him this year? Or what, what can we expect of Dalvin Cook? I mean, I, I, I think that the 17-game schedule is uh... – is an important factor when you're when you're looking at these running backs. I think it's going to be a tall order for any team, um, which is why you know running back depth, uh, stashing guys on on your team's offense uh, is going to be more important this season than ever. Mm. Um, and I think we will see that factor into how a lot of these running backs are used. Um, but that's kind of what makes this uh, this these top three guys to me. Uh, uh, really good picks is even with all those adjusted uh, uh, strategies, uh, these guys are always going to get 
uh, a huge chunk of, of the play. So, right. So if yeah, I'm, I, oh, good. Sorry, seven, 17 games is going to be a lot for any one of these guys. Um, you know, a 16 game season uh, was no guarantee. So, uh, yeah, you, you've got to prepare your fantasy bench to, uh, to, you know, weather any, any situation like that. Like with Dalvin Cook, um, uh, what, what's the number two back in Minnesota? I'm blanking. Uh, uh, Alex he's, he's Matheson? Really... Matt, 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 Madison? Yes. Matt, yes. Matt, yes. Madison, Madison. Alexander Madison. Yes. Uh, so he, he really has great games when he has to relieve Dalvin Cook. Um, so if you've got Dalvin Cook, I think you have to put a priority on grabbing his backup. Same with, uh, with any of these really great running backs. Um, you know, you're not just going to be able to go find another, uh, starting, you know, number one running back out there. So you need your backups this year. Right. And and there there aren't too many CJ hams either. Um, right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's inside joke. Uh, anyway, so, uh, you know, also, uh, you know, it sounds like if I'm reading between the lines, you know, considering we have a 17 game season, it's important to give f- football in general a listen, <laughs> so you can make sure you <laughs> you got the the 411 on the sleepers and the the free agents and the people that were really gonna you know they're gonna be worth picking up for nothing. You don't have to trade for them. You pick up free agency. Is that is that fair to say? You keep a keep an ear oh, on us. Absolutely. Okay. Big time. All right. Excellent. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, I want to go over a guy. So I'm going right through the top four using fantasypros.com. Shout out to them. Awesome website. In case you guys are looking for some sort of fo- fantasy football rankings or um, something to hold you over in terms of information for the rest of the season. Um, Saquon Barkley. Uh, boy, um, man, he had a tough tough go last year. He tore his ACL. Um, second game of the season, right? Did a, uh, jumped over somebody and just landed really awkwardly, but really hadn't had a good start. I love say I see the thing is I like Saquon Barkley from like a physical standpoint. He just looks he looks like like an '80s running back, right? He's just big, bulky, runs you over, he goes around, he's fast, he's super athletic, strong. Is is he worth taking in the first round? So th- this one, this is where it starts to get pretty tricky with with these amazing uh, running backs because it, it, you know it's entirely possible that at the end of the season. He's the number one running back. Um, it it's just uh, it's always a bit of a mystery how an individual player is going to come back from that type of injury. Um, it's certainly less of a gamble than it was in decades past. You know, we, we've seen it more and more the successful, you know, one hundred percent recovery uh, from this type of injury, but. Uh, but you, it's it's almost like he's been drafted again, and, and we're dealing with a, a a rookie again. And is he going to be that guy? Um, we certainly know that he has been in the past. Um, so this one's a little bit more of a roll of the dice. And I think where where Saquon gets tempting is if you're in a draft where he begins to fall mm. because of people's uncertainty on him. Um, so he, to me, he's somebody that you could, uh, you know, if he's still there in the second round, it's a much easier uh, uh, get. Hey, we haven't talked a lot about this, but looking at his schedule uh, preview, obviously, I mean, because we don't know, defense has changed, but this is just what uh, they anticipate on happening. Um, 31st ranked schedule in terms of fantasy points expected. Um, so uh, 31st mean the hardest. Uh, second hardest, sorry, right. I said that incorrectly, right. um, for Saquon Barkley. So um, knowing that it's the Giants don't really have a good offense and that he's going to be going against basically Washington twice a year, Dallas is going to be improved, you know, L.A. Rams, Tampa Bay, some really tough defensive lines. Philly even has, has a good defensive line. Chicago, uh, Miami is going to be better, you know. Um, mm-hmm. That has to have some sort of you know, implication in terms of uh, boy, is he going to be able to score touchdowns? I think that's my concern. You know, right? And uh, and it, and I think that that really comes down to uh, whether he has made a completely full recovery because the Saquon Barkley I remember was almost unstoppable mm-hmm. uh, in goal line situations. Um, so I think that 
his touchdowns really depend on the offense getting down the field. But, uh, you know, he's, he's pretty much a sure thing in the red zone when he's 100%. Right. Um, so, so I think, you know, really high ceiling, um, not a high floor mm. with this one. Okay. Um, so, so I, I think he's, you're really reaching if you grab him in the first round. Um, becomes easier in the second round. Towards the end of the second round, he could be a really great pick. Right, and so I, I, in looking at um, the previews for drafts, I don't think anybody's drafted yet. Um, his best, his highest uh, draft position was two. His worst was sixty nine. So you're talking if you're in a ten or twelve twelve team league, like you could get them anywhere between round <laughs> one and six. It just depends on yeah, I mean, like the it, temperature. It's wild, right? And if people are auto drafting or you know, oh, golly, I hate that, but <laughs> that's a whole other story for another day. Um, you know, and if, if somebody they see his name, but they don't really, you know, they, you, you always have mom in the league, right? Mom, mom's playing fantasy football. <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> and uh, you know, oh my God, Saquon Barkley, you know, and she just picks him. He doesn't know, and. You know, he goes in the, the top two or something, and then you got you know the the you got your fancy football holics like myself, Trevor, and you know we're sitting at the four or five, and there's ten of other other guys in our league that are like us too, who are just you know just waiting for him to drop and know he's not worth that first round pick, sort of. So, um, another guy I think is going to be really uh, interesting, um, Alvin Alvin Kamara. Uh, 20, 25th ranked schedule, so about the sixth hardest. And looking at it, I mean, once again, plays Tampa, uh, Seattle. That's going to be a tough one. Um, Philly, again, uh, I think they got to improve defense this year. Uh, I guess Atlanta, um, pretty good against the running backs, or expected to be. However, he opens up the season against four or five teams that he could torch. But you got to figure, no Drew Brees, no Michael Thomas, at least for the first four to six weeks of the season. Um, is Alvin Kamara worth, worth the first round pick? So, again, I, I'm i not sure he's worth a first round pick. I don't think I'm taking him in the first round. Um, he's got amazing potential. We know he's an incredible running back. Right. Um, I, think, I think he's got a solid floor because of what this team is going through. Um, whatever the situation is, I think... Uh, you know he's a weapon that they're going to really lean on because he's going to give uh, you know Jameis Winston or uh, or uh, their their you know what's his name the, Taysom the Hill? Swiss Army T- quarterback Taysom Hill yeah Taysom Hill mm-hmm. thank you mm-hmm. um, he's going to give them the the you know highest chance of of success in any situation is you know are we gonna hand it off to him or are we gonna throw it to him because we know he, he does both very well so I think that the volume for Kamara is there whether or not the team has enough success for his to have you know for him to have a, a high amount of touchdowns is a, a big question but um, you know I I think the Saints are in for a rough time this year. Uh, and whether they're down by, you know, seven or down by twenty-one, um, Alvin Kamara is going to be a big part of how they they fight their games. Uh, so I I do think that there's a lot of value with Kamara. I don't think he's worth the first round pick. Mm. Okay, another hot take there. Uh, a guy. So we got one time for one more guy. So obviously this is going to be two, maybe three part series, considering how many. Uh, running backs. Yeah, we're already at the one more guy mark. We're Jesus. at the one more guy mark. I know it's been a great show so far. We, we, we're enjoying <laughs> it. And uh, these fantasy football previews are probably my favorite part. Um, just kind of getting my own head wrapped around what am I, uh, I going to do and helping you guys out in terms of winning some money and, and games. Um, Jonathan Taylor, um, running back from Indy. Uh, you know, Carson Wentz is known to be a pretty favorable guy when it comes to throwing the ball to the running back out of the backfield. Uh, we'll see how he does ultimately in in the season, but that's uh, for another episode for another day. Um, so I like him a lot. He's got the fourth easiest schedule in terms of uh, matchups. Uh, you know, playing teams that are, he's going to just run all over, including Jacksonville twice, Houston <laughs> twice. I mean, those are four games he's going to feast on. Uh, Tennessee, even I don't think they have a great defensive line. Obviously, they played New England once. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like Jonathan Taylor a lot. 
uh, second year in the league. This is kind of like his running backs, usually like year one, two, three. This is like their prime in the NFL now. And he's 22, and he was real good last year. Uh, and they got a really yeah. good offensive line in Indy. What do you think of Jonathan Taylor? Is he worth something looking at first round potentially? He might, he potentially is. Uh, and I'll tell you that I personally would take him ahead of uh, Saquon or Alvin, uh, but better than Barkley or Kamara. Um, I love reliable running backs on teams with great defenses. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Good, good and point. That, that's the situation you have here. Um, I think that he's going to be a really consistent, uh, uh, you know, fantasy option in terms of uh, what he's going to get you week in and week out. Um, he's he's a young, durable uh, running back, doesn't make mistakes, and in games where they're in control, they're gonna they're just gonna give this guy a lot of touches. Um, and I think that uh, with Wentz, they're gonna want to balance that offense and. And uh, I really think that uh, Jonathan Taylor is going to do well this year. So yeah, yeah I, I like that pick a lot. Yeah, man. Um, it, it depending on how the uh, how you see your your leagues draft uh, flowing in the later rounds. I I don't think it's ridiculous for Jonathan Taylor to get picked uh, late in the first round. Right, and and looking at his week, let's see here, eleven to seventeen stats. Uh, 11 points, 19, 28, 15, 19, 37. So, like, he got better as the season got along when he got more touches. And if you remember, he didn't fumble at all last year, you know? That's what I mean in so, terms of, he, you know, when you when a team is, uh, you know, doing well with, a, with an amazing defense and you're trying to control a lead, this is a young, uh, durable running back who holds on to the ball. So <clears throat> why not just uh, you know run the clock? Uh, you know you give it, and he's the kind of running back you give it to him three times, and you, and oh look we've got another set of downs to work with all of a sudden. Right. Uh, so I I think that uh, the way that uh, you know the Colts uh, play their game, Jonathan Taylor is in for a huge year, uh, if not quite as many touchdowns <laughs> as his overall points might suggest the points are going to be there in volume yeah yeah I, I i just think he's such a good pick um you know and and if you got him last year in free agency like uh, god man what a great pickup i mean a guy who was top five running back <laughs> there's always one every year so we're probably we'll have to do some sleepers here and look into who that could be this year but i mean geez like 11 touch 12 touchdowns 1600 yards uh, you couldn't have gotten better production out of a rookie you know in year one so uh, even he beat Saquon Barkley's numbers in year one so that's that's pretty impressive right. you know so um, any uh, wrap-up thoughts on our top let's let's call it our first round potential running backs right right so I mean just that there's so much more to get into and and we're gonna stop here because uh, it, it just wouldn't be fun to go over any of these names uh, quickly. Um, so I'm excited to, to come back next week and talk a lot more about uh, uh, what we'll maybe call our uh, second tier uh, running back group because there's a lot of things to consider with these guys, lots of potential. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. And and really, like, we could dedicate a whole show to it and still would have more content on the bone. <laughs> so, right, right. So, it, you know, it's it's really like the running back situation in the NFL. I, I don't know if there's ever been more talent ever. I mean, you can look through one through – I'm just looking through one through 40 right now, and I can tell you, like, there are guys I would recommend taking anywhere between one and – around one and four or five, you know? Uh, you mean you're, and the good thing is that's going to push those quarterbacks out into like the later rounds. You can get a guy who's going to be pretty damn good at like maybe round seven or eight. You know, we'll talk about those guys too once we get to our quarterback show. So, anywho, um, Trevor, any wrap up thoughts? Anything we talked about this week? Um, just uh, you know, just uh, that you know, it, it's yeah. Every week we're closer, and it, it, I almost can't <laughs> believe that. Uh, the uh, the Hall of Fame game is less than two weeks away now. We're going to be able to start watching football and and talk more about what has happened instead of uh, instead of what we what we think is going to happen. 
Uh, so bear with us, listeners. The the good stuff is just around the corner. <laughs> right, right. And uh, yeah, and bear with us. We, we might talk more about Aaron Rodgers next week. Who knows? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's not going to go the, away, the, folks. He's not going to go yeah. away, especially as, with this guy running. As much as I, <laughs> as much as I just want, uh, you know, clarity on the situation. Uh, we'll just see how long that the the ride can last. Right. Well, it's been it's been great. Slight, slightly bumpy, a little bit of tolls here and there, but I've enjoyed it. So I I just appreciate the uh, the constant content, especially during this lull. So anywho, um, yeah. So next week, look for us to continue to talk about training camp. It's going to be opening up next Thursday, um, and uh, second uh, or second tier running backs. Uh, you can find us in Instagram at football in general. On Twitter at football in general, I'm at Bobby Law on Instagram. Trevor, where can they find you? Uh, I'm at uh, Trev Geo Dude on Instagram. You can find me there. Okay, very good. And if there's anything you want to hear from us or anything, feel free to tweet us, message us, or anything else. And uh, otherwise, it's been another great week of football, and we're out. <laughs>